last week I was interviewed and asked, oh, is Miami going to be the next Silicon Valley? And I said, actually, I don't think there's ever going to be another Silicon Valley. And I think that's not actually something to shoot for. What's up, my fellow dreamers, doers, and entrepreneurs? This is Rocket Fuel Radio. The show about doing good and doing well. I'm Joshua Johnson. What can you make happen in a place like New York, Washington, or Silicon Valley? A business startup, a social enterprise, even a movement. And what could you make happen in Miami? A plastic surgery clinic, a personal training business, nothing too intellectual, at least not yet. That is, in part, the point of an opinion piece that recently ran in the New York Times. The writer, Pamela Druckerman, gave Miami some credit for growing up and starting to get past what she called its vapid, extremely pleasant, slightly menacing exterior. But not that much. Now, I am from South Florida, not far from Miami, so I took a little issue with this article. I mean, some of her observations are spot on. But if it's still so vapid there, then why are startups in tech, the arts, and international business popping up there every week? Miami may have something to teach us about how urban areas can reimagine themselves and attract today's entrepreneurs, not in spite of what they are, but because of it. Let's discuss it with Matt Hagman. He is the Miami Program Director for the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. He oversees the nonprofit's programs in South Florida, including its efforts to attract and support entrepreneurs and startups. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you, Joshua. It's great to be with you. Now, before we get into the article, let me ask you, generally speaking, what do you think it is that makes a city great, or at the very least makes it mature? You know, I, I think it's the thing that makes a city great is, is the sense of opportunity that defines the place and opportunity for all the residents in that place and a deep sense of possibility along with sort of sense of place. Um, so I think if you combine each of those three things, I think you're really on to something. And obviously here in Miami, we think we're, we're turning, we've turned a really important corner and we're really uh, on making inroads in each one of those areas. I heard you throw out that term, sense of place. What do you mean by that? You know, I think it's when you are there that there's no confusion as to where else you might be. I mean, for example, if you're out, you know, standing in a uh, strip mall or suburban subdivision, frankly, whether you're in an outer suburb of Atlanta, Miami, or Los Angeles, you might not have any idea which, which place you're in, right, as you look around. Whereas, you know, as walking around, for example, you know, Lincoln Road and South Beach or walking along the Embarcadero in San Francisco, I don't think there's any mistaking where you are. What did you think when you read that opinion piece? You know, frankly, when I first read it, I, I literally laughed out loud. I mean, it was it was <laughs> almost hard to take seriously. Oh, you I mean, laughed clearly. too, huh? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is. I mean, the uh, for someone who's you know, I'm originally from Boston. I'm originally from Cambridge, Mass. Right, it's where I grew up. Right, and uh, and someone who moved here to Miami to work as a newspaper reporter before going over to Knight Foundation. And I've fallen in love with this place. And clearly, when I read this, this was someone who really, even though she said she's from here and apparently spent two weeks here as part of doing this story, uh, clearly this was someone who really wasn't paying attention. Um, Miami is indeed a city that I would argue is um, in its adolescence. It is a city that is growing up. But I would say the sort of the 
the the dynamism of the place is remarkable. I mean, this is a place that is uniquely international. More than three-fourths of us are from someplace else, right? This is a place that is sort of culturally flourishing now. I mean, we've had no less than four major cultural institutions build new facilities um, since 2006. Three are done. The fourth is well on the way to being done, the the new science museum going up. This is a place that's seen more than 80% population growth in the downtown core within the last decade. A place that we just saw a study the other day that said post-recession has been fifth best in attracting college-aged workers. So we're seeing, you know, sort of all of these remarkable trends that are remaking this place. Further, I should mention Miami, you know, a place that 40 years ago didn't even have a public research university. It's now seventh per capita number of college students in the metropolitan area. So, I mean, is it the Bay Area or Boston? Of course not. But is it getting an interesting critical mass um, in college students and becoming a center of higher education? You bet. We're talking about how cities are growing into the 21st century through the lens of Miami with Matt Hagman of the Knight Foundation. Now, let's step back from Miami specifically. I live in San Francisco now, which is not a party city by any means. There's a ton to do here. Seems like a lot of fun. I've had a good time. Yeah, it's it's fun. I wouldn't call it a party city. Nothing compared to Miami at all, at all. (laughs) Yeah, Miami. (laughs) Yeah, there's tons to do, but nothing compares to Miami. And it seems like the rising costs of living and the rapid gentrification with the latest tech boom are just kind of squeezing out a lot of what we would call the creative class. You know, the cool kids are leaving town, basically. So it seems like some of the fun stuff that made me and other people want to live in the city when I moved here for work, it's disappearing, or it's just kind of holding on by its fingernails. You know, not far from here, San Jose, where Knight Foundation is involved, is trying to make itself more appealing as a place to live and not just a place to work. How do cities, maybe not so much Miami, because Miami's going to have a kind of energetic party atmosphere no matter what, but how do cities balance being prosperous and connected without forsaking their sense of cool, if they have one? You know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act, right? But I think it's, it's something that's particular to that place. Sometimes you hear people, particularly in our efforts around entrepreneurship and tech in Miami, you hear people now, well, last week I was interviewed actually uh, and, and asked, oh, is Miami going to be the next Silicon Valley? And I said, actually, I don't think there's ever going to be another Silicon Valley. And I think that's not actually something to shoot for. Do I think that we're going to see interesting ideas built in more places around the world? I do. And do I think Miami can be one of those places? You bet. Um, no, wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on one second. Hold on. I mean, I, I got to pause you sure, on that because yeah. what you just said is something I think a lot of cities would be like, what do you mean? There's not going to be another Silicon Valley. We want to be in the next Silicon Valley. Everybody, yeah. it seems, wants to be the next Silicon Valley. And you're saying that that is not something to shoot for. I think that's right, because I think that, like in the case of Miami, Miami's going to cut its own path. Miami is going to be a version of itself. Um, and that, you know, is a variety of sort of different threads that sort of come together. But is Miami a place that has all of the elements to be a center of high impact entrepreneurship and some really interesting and important innovation? Absolutely. Um, and I think that we're going to see more cities that are able to do that. I think the genie's coming out of the bottle. You know, I was over the weekend had a really interesting conversation with someone who's doing a lot of work in, in Colombia and Bogota and Medellin was talking about the startup communities there. So we're seeing in a lot of different cities, but Miami can really be one of those, but sort of setting up the goal of being Silicon Valley to me, that that's, that's not the right frame to in which to approach it. 
to people who are trying to improve the civic lives of their own cities, wherever they may be, or maybe even for government leaders who are trying to make changes, what advice would you give them based on what Knight Foundation is doing and learning in Miami and elsewhere across the country? Number one, it's grassroots. It's bottom up. Top down is not going to work. That's just not a durable model. Um, and it must start at the grassroots. Um, and, and we've seen that over and over and over again. Uh, and we're certainly experiencing that here in Miami. I mean, you think you have a handle on the city and you realize you really don't. And the only way to address that is by being at the very sort of, um, by going bottom up. Number two, and it's also understand we don't have all the answers, right? And, and, and recognizing that from the beginning. Number two, of course, I think is the, is the notion um, of, of learning as you go, you know, having a plan and then implement, then sort of implementing plan and seeing if it works or it doesn't really isn't a, a, a recipe for success. Rather, it's sort of having an idea and implementing that idea and then, you know, assessing as you go and changing as you go um, and understanding at the outset that you really don't have that, have the answers. And so it's a sort of, it's a, that it's a windy road. Number three, you know, ultimately all successful cities are built on an ability to both sort of enable and harness talent, right? I mean, it's sort of the ability to attract and retain talent cities talk about as being so important. It's key. And, you know, and there are many ways to do that. The three big ways that we're seeing, frankly, relate less about jobs and more about, about livability, about, uh, having strong sort of creative communities and having that, you know, which all contributes to a sense of place. And then, you know, ultimately sort of that, the feeling of the possible. I don't think anyone stands in a street corner in San Francisco and questions whether or not they can build an idea there. They may question the idea, but I don't think they question whether they can do it there. And I think that sort of the winning cities are going to be the ones increasingly that are those that people stand in a street corner and they say, I can do it here. Finally, I know that Miami is not a town known for guilty pleasures because you have to have a sense of guilt for that, and South Floridians don't. But if the, oh, hey, you know, we 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 don't blush easy. But we, hey, you know, hey, we're talking about a sense of place, right? right? There you go. So no exactly. guilt at all. You know where you are. You know it. You just bring it to South Beach, baby. We don't blush. But if there was such a thing as a guilty pleasure of yours in Miami, that fun thing about the place that just makes it feel like home. What is you know, it? You know, that thing that if it disappeared in the name of civic pride and responsibility, you'd be like, damn, why they had to get rid of that? You know, I, I, I have become a Miamian in that, you know, and uh, Sunday mornings, if my wife and I aren't running out to get a, a cafe con leche, it just doesn't feel the same, so... Um, so I guess that's the one, but man, there are so many going for, going for jogs, uh, through little Havana, you know, and on a, on a warm evening in Miami, checking out the cool new restaurants and, you know, in Wynwood and little Haiti. I mean, there's such a sense of discovery about the place that, you know, me, I'm, you know, 10 years in and it's still a lot of fun. Matt Hagman is the Miami Program Director for the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. He oversees the nonprofit's programs in South Florida, including its efforts to attract and support entrepreneurs and startups. Matt, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for talking to us. Joshua, thank you. Really enjoyed it. And that is Rocket Fuel Radio. Follow the program on Twitter at Rocket Fuel Radio. Share this podcast with a friend on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. 
Both of you will be my new best friends if you also write a review of this program and tell me what you think. Pretty, pretty, please write a review. I will buy you a cafe con leche and a key lime pie. I mean it. Please write a review. So until we meet again, this is Joshua Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. You'll find the link to that New York Times article, and you can tell me what you think online at rocketfuelradio.com. Rock It Fuel Radio.